Fantastic. Well, 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 look at you. You're ugly and your mother dresses you funny, but you're beautiful. No, it's great. This is fantastic. Hey, take a seat. You're at home. I'm in your home. Praise God. I'm telling you, Patty and I are just in emotional, fun, loving it fest. This is awesome. You can't do better than this. Relationship, long history, good testimonies, lives changed, and a church that's a God idea. You're not a good idea. You're a God idea. And I'm taking you down that road tonight because that's the prophetic thing that's in my spirit tonight. Oh, Shanda Bahanda. Oh, man, I've got to be careful. I don't get old school. I'm groovy. But listen, 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 listen. You're thanking us for hearing a word and being obedient. Now, I've got to tell you something. If, if I have, forgive me for just one thing, John. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, well, I am. I'm going to. And, uh, but, you know, I got, I got these, I got two Facebook pages that are not my Facebook. My Facebook, I got old biker friends that go onto my Facebook. So I, I growl at people when they try to get me saved or them saved on my Facebook. Do not send me a Helen Steiner Rice verse. You might get blocked. I don't like the artwork that goes with... Anyway, so I'm... But I have these other ones. And one is called Graham Fletcher's Prophetic Stuff. It's got a Greek word in its title, Prophetia. And that's where I stick on uh, the things that I'm sensing. I I, I have this thing, um, um, build up, stir up, cheer up, Fletcher's morning musings, all right? They don't come every morning. But they're there, the little things that I get stirred about prophetically. And I've been doing the journey, basically, of the word of the Lord for this church on there. I have another one, which I've got to throw out because it sort of comes out of this. But it's the, the other page is um, my travels. It's called The Way of the Sea. And it's where I put up my itineraries, right? So you're talking about nations. But I've got to, I've got to quickly get moving here. But, you know, you're, you're thanking us for a word and an obedience to a word and all that. I, in, in the current one that's up on uh, Prophetia, my, my prophetic stuff, is this idea that there are, there are big words and little words. And, you know, the little words are the ones that you kind of get and you hold on to and you pummel God and you assault heaven. And, you know, where is the God of Elijah? Oh, that you would show us your power, you know, God. Be it unto me according to your word. And you're leaning into that. You're gripping and you're holding on and you're fighting devils and everything else. And you're going to see that thing come to pass. And it sort of does. I said the sorter in there because sometimes it doesn't, right? But there's another kind of word. It's the big word. It's not about you holding on to something and making and pressing and pushing. It gets a hold of you. And if you don't do that word, you're a Jonah. It's a word that it's, it overtakes you. It, it, it speaks to your future, but you find yourself in the flow of it. And it's not something you get a hold of. It's something that's got a hold of you. And I'm praying that this church, which I believe is the result of a big word. I've only got about three. I nearly went, I only got about three, but you're three. I've only got about, I've only got about three really big words in my life. One brought me to Australia in my youth in 1971. 
The other one brought me here. And the other one took me back there. God be forgiven. I mean, God, God be blessed. God be praised. I mean, you guys live in paradise. <laughs> we, we live in Siberia. Moving on. But I needed to say that in that concept. This place began out of a God idea, something that got a hold of us, which we could not not do. It was, it, was, it was unfolding our lives. It was a story. We were moving into a new chapter, and it was being written, and, and we found ourselves in God's story. And truly, truly, that's how it happened. And, and when we look back, and, and, and in this celebration, we, you know, we do appreciate the honor. We do appreciate. We don't, we don't treat this lightly. It's, a, it's almost, you know, for us, because we're not that kind of people, Patty and I. You know, she needs to honor me, but that's about as far as it goes. But... <laughs> The Bible says that, actually, but, but, but the fact is, you know, we, we are pretty down-to-earth people, you know. I'm Fletch, you know, and, um, and uh, you know, we, we, we really are blessed being here, but we know this, that a big word pulls people into its train, into its orb, and people subscribe not to us but to a vision from God. And people find themselves in God's story in a place, a church, or whatever, a ministry. And they don't even know what really brought them there, but they gave up their all to do it. They sold their all. They moved in. And these two did that. They bought a package, you know. And all credit to John and Dan for the last 16 years and the years prior to that for buying in and going the distance and watching the unfolding of a word. And you brought into that. You're the makers of a dream. You know. John, you've got a gift of faith on you that's, well, in, in my experience, you know, it's just this much. But in, Patty and I have talked about this. You've got a gift of faith, you too, Danielle. Second only in our kind of if you evaluate, and I have to say the second only, not because I think it's lesser, but you'll understand, to Pastor Phil. We, we watch the way you speak in faith and move and act in faith. And there's something about there's a gift of faith. It's going to move mountains. I, I, I'm almost scared if I feel like it's going to actually move mountains of earth. Now, you know, I don't want to get you weird. But there's, there's significant land coming into the hands of this church. There's literal ground. And eternal consequences are being sorted out in the pathway to that land. In your lives, destinies are being reassured, made sure, confirmed, and you new, newly found, discovered on the way to that land. You are moving in the spirit with God up Main Street to Power Road. You haven't? Yes. I, this, this was gnawing in my spirit back home in Vancouver, looking out into the gray. I saw the Sunshine Coast. (laughs) 
You know, it, it, I mean, honestly, I saw the journey on, in terms of roads, Nicklin Way, the way of the sea, you know. And it's like God said, you're moving up Main Street to Power Road. Now, I don't know where Power Road is. I, I know the coast pretty well, but there's subdivisions and things gone in. But I had a vision. I'm, I'm sort of prophesying at you guys, but I'm, you know. But I had a vision back 1990, before we even came to the coast. And um, I was at a Pentecostal summit meeting because I was allowed to go to such things at that stage. And uh, up until then, they had me chained. But, but I, I was in this meeting, and I had, I had this desire to come here. Things were already working in my spirit. And, and, and I'm standing there. It's reasonably small. Chris Folson's up there singing, you know, I walk by faith or something. And, um, and, and Pastor Phil launches out across the front row and comes down and lays hands on me. And I'm seeing the coast here. And I'm seeing the central part of the coast where all my heart wants to be. But the vision is kind of just a little to the right of the center. And I'm on a sand dune. You can see it right now. Along the Kiwana stretch. And as I'm standing, it's like the Lord turns me around because I look out. I'm a surfer. I love surf, you know. And I'm looking in, inland towards the, the sort of lower central. And I see cars and lines coming up off Nicklin Way through this area. This, this is the deal. I don't think the roads were through this area yet. I mean, Minyama Island didn't have the Karikenis living on it yet or wherever they went. That was all just sandy blocks. And I'm standing there seeing this vision, and Pastor Phil comes past, slaps his hand on my head, and he, all he said was, the vision that you see is from the Lord. Well, yeah, I, wow, man. <laughs> Talk about rock the boat. <laughs> and you guys are embracing a God thought, a God idea. Some of you couldn't run from here if you tried. Because if you do, it's not going to work for you out there, you Jonas. And if any of you Jonas have come back, and this is the house, leave the problems in the other church and stay. Oh, no, don't do that. We love the body of Christ. Leave them at the door. If you belong here, if this is home, forgive me. I'm joking, but sort of. I better get into the Word to stop me from sinning. <laughs> oh, God. Now, I've got another thing I've got to say. The prophetic. This gift of faith is going to speak to faithfulness. Sometimes, faithfulness has to speak to faith and say, I've got to believe to stick with it as it is. But there comes a day, John and Dan, where your gift is going to speak to the faithfulness of people and you're going to create massive shift in the place and in the dimension to which this church is going to go. Because at the end of the line, 
I will make it glorious by the way of the sea, says the Lord. But at the end of the line, it says, Galilee of the nations. The end of the line, it says this in that verse 1. I'm thinking of it now in the Message Bible. International Galilee. This church has got nations to which it's going to feed into. John and Dan, I, I'm just bold enough to say tonight, I think that the significant shifts and moves up Power Street, taking significant ground upon which eternal consequences will be sorted, will shift you from national profile to international. And it's not just like Patty and I, you know, I do the traveling thing, Russia, Finland. I go to Finland this year again, you know, amazing. I think, I stand in these freezing places, and what am I doing here? (laughs) But you're going to have international profile. And the nations will come calling. And this church is rising to the call. Faith is speaking to faithfulness. Amen. Thank you, God. Every closed door along the way has only been the opening of opportunity. It's not been the stifling and the stopping. It's been the opening of opportunity. I was in Copenhagen going for a morning shandababa. I was down this sort of old warehouse district. Anybody ever been to Christiana? Anybody been to Christiana? Ooh, laddie boy. It's a drug district. It's a sort of a, a little republic of hippies. But just by Christiana, I was just there, and there were these early morning um, activity going on with these warehouses right on the waterfront, and these guys were opening massive gothic doors. They're probably, what would they be, 14, 15 of them in a row. And I just stood, oh, it's like a wonder. I went, whoa, big gothic doors all opening, and I took photos of it. Door after door, church. Door after door. Door after door. Door after door. And you, you guys are rising to something exceedingly significant in that. Let me, let me take you to the Word of God. I, that's how I prophesy these days. I mean, I can put, yea, thus saith the Lord. I mean, I'm dressed in black, you know. Praise God, brother. Anyway, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let me, let me put a text to give us some context for where I'm going to go here. And I'm going to read from the message. I just love the way it's put here. This is the text that is familiar to some of you, as you know, eye has not seen and so on, ear has not heard. But listen to this. That's why we have the Scripture text. No one's ever seen or heard anything like this. Never so much as imagined anything quite like it. What God has arranged for those who love Him. But you have seen and heard it because God by His Spirit has brought it all out into the open before you. The Spirit, not content to flit around on the surface, dives into the depths of God and brings out what God planned all along. 
Who ever knows what you're thinking and planning except yourself? The same with God, except that not only, uh, sorry, except that he not only knows what he's thinking, but he lets us in on it. You can muse over the relevance of that to you as a church at some point. But let me take you to a little message. I've got to get my thing to flip here. Here we go. It would be something like this. Remember that old movie, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly? I was the ugly. I love that meme, dude. I wasn't Clint Eastwood. I want to just kind of play on that, the good, the bad, and the godly. The good idea, the bad idea, and the God idea. Loosely base this on 1 Samuel 17. Saul is sitting in a tent with the whole of the armies of Israel having lost momentum in his kingship. They'd given up the fight. And for 40 days, a bad idea stood in front of them and mocked them. 40 days. A giant came out and taunted the armies of God. And they were in terror. I tell you, if you spend 40 days giant watching, you get giant phobia. And your God reduces down in size. You got to watch what you watch. You got to watch what you're gazing in. You got to, you got to be careful about what's getting your attention and speaking to your world. A bad idea wants to insult you, assault you, and take away from you everything that God's got for you. And the God idea is sitting out there, but a bad idea is in complete opposition to it. A bad idea conflicts with the God idea. It comes out with its ugly things about you. Tells you you're not going to make it. Tells you It'll criticize the church. It'll shoot down ministries. It'll do everything. Because a, God, a bad idea is a corrupt idea. And it's constantly in conflict with a God idea. That's the bad idea. But sitting up there under his little shady bit was King Saul. He should have been leading the armies in against this Philistine. They were in a place, Ephes Damim it's called, it's, a, it's, it's, it's in the valley of Elah. And, and, and Ephes Damim means a line or a strip of blood. There's a bloodline there. It's either going to be your blood or his blood. And Saul decided it wasn't going to be his blood. Now, the problem with Saul is he's a good idea. He's not a bad idea. I mean, he got anointed to be king. So God put his spirit on him, but he wasn't God's idea for king. He was a good idea of the people. It's not, not a bad idea. Everybody else has got a king, but, you know, we need a godly king and an anointed king and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, and God kind of gave them their, their lesser option. But the problem with a good idea, unlike a bad idea which conflicts with the God idea, a good idea competes with the God idea. 
Someone says, I'm going to go and plant a church on the Sunshine Coast. Why do you want to plant a church on the Sunshine Coast? Well, I love surfing. I can't tell you how many people come into Vancouver where we do church and walk through Gastown and go, oh, we want to plant a church here. And I'm thinking, is it a good idea or a God idea? Because I've been there for nearly 16 years, and one block over is mayhem. Comatose people lying in gutters, shooting up in full view. And I'm not talking one or two. I'm talking probably thousands, but literally hundreds. It's filthy, it stinks, it's painful. You know, if you take them around the corner, they seem to lose their guidance. You see, a good idea only sticks around as long as another good idea has only come past. But when, a, when another good, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of got a use-by date on it. And that use-by date is, is whenever a better idea arrives. Other, other people join our church under the idea of a good idea. But a better one turns up down the road. The problem with a good idea is that it consumes the resources that are set in place for a God idea. People, money, faith, activity around God. We had a reporter come and visit Patty and I just recently. He's retiring. He's writing a book. He'd been doing religious reporting for the CBC, Canada Broadcasting Corporation. He says, I'm writing a book, but I'm featuring a, a big feature in it of you and your church. And I'm going, well, we would have to be the smallest and, and whatever downtown. He said, no, 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 no. He said, over 200 years, there's been a net gain of one church in the city of Vancouver. 200 years, one church net gain. He says, no, no, no. He says, no, no, you guys broke through. And we're going, well, you know, tell me about it. You know, <laughs> like, you know, 120, 50, if they all came to church, it'd be nice. And we, you know, whether people say, move out of there, go to the suburbs. I've got a problem. I've got a God idea. And a God idea gets a hold of you. You're not holding on to it to get somewhere. It's got a hold of you, holding you. <laughs> holding you in. And um, he says this. He says, look, net gain, one church, 200 years church history. The other thing is, he said, by at 20, uh, 2010, at the time of the Winter Olympics, Something happened in the city, and since then, there's been a plethora of church planting in the city, and some of them have gone past now, because we're 2017, have gone past the five- and seven-year mark, and I go, so? And he says, because no church plant in the previous time got past five and seven years. And he says, you've been going for 16. He said, you were the breakthrough. He said, you were the beachhead. Well, oh my golly gosh, I went... I never thought it that way. And, uh, you know, it's like a Frederick McCubbin painting of the, of the, the pioneers, you know, the three paintings. You know, you know that one? You should do. You're Australians. If you're not, go and get educated. But go down to Melbourne and visit the Melbourne Art Museum. But there, there it is. On the first panel is a guy with, a, with, a, with his wife. He's got a covered wagon in a, in a big blue gum forest, and he's, got a, and he's making a little fire, and, 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 you know, she's got a little... She's sitting, on the, she's sitting on a log, forlorn, thinking, oh, my gosh, what have we done? The next panel is her holding a son 
and the guy's in the background chopping wood, and there's a, a cabin and some cleared land. The last panel is a view down over a city. There's a prophecy in there. And you know, Patty and I are just the first panel. We're first panel people. But one response to a God idea leads to a city. It's worth the journey. I got that written here. That's a very profound statement. It's worth the journey. It's worth the fight to draw the line, to take God's significant land. There's always a piece of ground over which eternal consequences are sorted out in the Old Testament. And Jesus kind of pulls it into spiritual metaphor and he talks about the kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in the field which a person sells all that he has to, to, to get the field, to buy the field, to get the, the tree. You always got to buy what you don't want to get what you do want. Part of the process. So if you're griping about this and that, you know, just purchase, purchase, purchase. Buy in. Go for go the distance because there's a treasure coming. But I, I, I really seriously feel, I should be prophesying over about 50 people right now, but I, I really seriously feel this church is into a mode of getting up Main Street to Power Road and, and, and this significant acquisition coming of land. Land that will have eternal consequences. The reverberations will be spiritual out of a natural but a faith-driven journey. I'm so, I'm so excited for you. So, in the story, the good idea sat down and locked up the resources. And then walks David. And David walks down to the bloodline. And here's the thing about a God idea, because David is the God idea in the story. A God idea immediately displaces a good idea and defeats a bad idea in the story. The good idea tries to suit him up. But David says, I'm not going with your good ideas. Your schemes and dreams are not going to get me there. What's going to get me there is this hand of God that's on me. What's going to get me there is what I know, what I have in this relationship, this vertical thing is what's going to get me there. And enter David. And the first thing David does in, as he enters the story, he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? In other words, the God idea reduced the giant. He said, you don't even have the permission to be here. You don't have the right. You're nothing. Who are you? And you know, uncircumcised. <laughs> the God idea has an incredible sense of the right to be there. This hideous giant thought he had the right to be there. This intimidation thought he could have the controls. 
This thing that's slapping around the imagination of Israel, giving them giant phobia, he's loving the journey. Every day they sat and watched him. He was there for the act. But in pops this insignificant small dude comes out there and he just questions the right of you to be there. You see, David is a sent word. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will accomplish that for which I've sent it. When a sent word comes, if you put that into the Greek of the New Testament, it's an apostello word. It's an apostolic word. It has invested in it the right and authority to displace anything else that's in power, that's in government, that's ruling, that's intimidating, that's taken over. And a sent word comes in on the scene. A sent word, when God sends his word, he does not write it on a sticky note and blow it off his hand so it floats around somewhere looking for a pulpit or a fridge. And then, and you wake up in the morning and you go, oh, there's a note from God. He will make it glorious by the way of the sea. Uh-uh. That, that, that's not how that's not how God sends it. That's not how the apostello word comes. The apostello word comes like this. He shoots into the heart of a man and woman. A word that destabilizes them in their current comfort, upsets their comfort zones, rattles their cage, and says, you are born for this. And you go, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not, Jonah. No, I, yes, I am. God wins the argument. He takes a hold of you. When a sent word comes from God, it comes in the heart of a man or a woman. And when God sends that man or a woman or a man and a woman or a group of people, it flies into the area and it's got displacement factor. Those filthy, dirty, bad ideas they start to shake and you know if you get to know who you are because of the apostello the sent word you know you're there to displace and whatever's taking any kind of control of that land you are the displacement factor oh Jesus (laughs) a sent authority a sent word Leading up Main Street, you're on course, Main, you know, you haven't deviated to Power Road, to significant ground, the ground upon which eternal consequences are sorted for a people, a nation, a city, a church, and significant ministry. In church, you embrace the future and go with them. It's going to be awesome. And a word like Isaiah 9, 1 to whatever it is, will keep coming back like a lingering text with exploding words. That's a whole other message of mine, but The idea is that a big word keeps coming, keeps coming. And there's new nuance, new insight, 
new meaning because things have shifted, dimensions have come, and you're now able to buy into something you never saw before. And Galilee of the nations goes on to talk about amazing victories like the, the victory of Gideon, really. You're going to shift things and do things, church. Would you stand with me right now? Oh, Jesus. Now, look, there's going to be some other facilitating of a, a very important part of the service in a few moments. But what I think I should do is wait till after that moment and pray for as many who would like me just to lay hands on you. And who knows? Now, if you all line up for a prophecy, don't be disappointed if you don't get one. Because, because I'm tired. No, I... <laughs> you, wanted me, you wanted me to say something really spiritual, didn't you? But as I've got older, I've got a little more selective. Not about people, but about the need to keep it going. But if there's a significant thing that I feel, I'll say it. If I don't, you just believe in impartation because this night is loaded with prophetic content for where this church is going. Thank you, Lord. So I'm going to pray right now. And you can come up, or whoever takes that uh, altar call. And let's just pray. Lifting your hands to God. Say, I'm going to embrace the future. Oh, Jesus. You're going to make it glorious by the way of the sea. You're going to add much more to the, to the prophecy. You're going to unfold more out of the Word. New words are going to explode as a result of those words. Big words are coming to pass, Lord. I declare it over this house. I declare it over this faithful body of people. I declare it over John and Dan and all the other leaders, Russell and Marita. Oh, God, the personification of faithfulness. Let them rise in this day. And let this church move mountains, literally. <laughs> let mounds of earth shift. Let significant ground be taken. In this next period, oh God, do a mighty miracle. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, I release the word upon them that a God idea will keep producing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.